Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. We want to welcome you to this episode of the Build Your Success Podcast. Here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. I am so excited today to have a special guest. We have Burt Thornton. Burt is a U.S. Army veteran. He's an author. He's the former president and chief operating officer of Waffle House. Burt worked his way up through the ranks, beginning as a manager trainee, becoming the vice president, and then the COO and president. So as the COO and president, he felt his number one priority was the development of quality leaders and leadership skills within the Waffle House management team, Welcome to the podcast today, Bert. Brian, thank you so much. I can, let me just tell you, it is not only a pleasure, but an honor to be with you. I appreciate you taking time today. And for the listeners, we're going to make this a two-part series because Bert and I, we've been trying to schedule this podcast for about three weeks and things just didn't work out, but they've now worked out where it's immediately following Hurricane Ian. And we're going to talk about the Waffle House Index so stay tuned for that. But first, I want to ask Bert the question we ask all of our guests. What does leadership and being a leader mean to you? Well, Brian, not, let's get the record straight. Not everybody wants to be a leader. Most folks just want to do a really great job, uh, be recognized for it, and be paid uh, appropriately commensurate with their contribution. But every once in a while, you find somebody that has that, that spark. Um, that spark that tells them they need to or want to lead a lot of people in some grand endeavor. And when you find those people, um, this is where the mentoring comes in that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But it's so criti critical to grab those people and make sure they get everything they need to be successful and prosper as a leader of people. Um, when I go around the country, and I talk to people, the number one question I'm asked is, Bert, is there a silver bullet to leadership success? Okay. And it turns out there is a silver bullet. And that bullet is, if you want to be successful, hang around successful people. If you want to be a leader, um, hang around leaders. But, but leadership is, uh, it, it, it's all about having a vision and creating a mission to support that vision marshaling the resources necessary for success, issuing, and this is, a, this is something, this is where people get off track sometimes, issuing clear and specific written instructions, clear and specific written instructions. If, if instructions are not written, they're simply suggestions and leaders don't suggest. They issue clear and specific written instructions. And then of course you follow up, follow up, follow up to make sure you get what you wanted and you thank people for a good job and you instruct or redirect people who uh, did not give you uh, what you were looking for. That's basically the leadership model, but the most important thing is great leaders focus on people. They focus on what people need to get the job done and, and the resources that they have or that, that they're missing and anything that a, a leader needs in the way of, of, of education, help, support. Um, that's, that's what we're here for. 
in addition to that, it's it's a leader's job to always be personally growing. Um, people get lost when leaders get lost. And so I tell people 50% of the leadership they get paid to provide is to themselves. Um, learning is growing. And if your job or your company's growing faster than you are, you're falling behind. Wow, those are some great points on leadership from a very experienced and seasoned leader. You know, one of the things I found out during show prep is I connected with a few of uh, the executives of Waffle House and the leadership team on LinkedIn. Many of these people have decades of experience with Waffle House. Not, I'm not talking about, you know, they've been at this restaurant, they've been over here, they've been over there, and they've worked their way up the corporate chain. Many of these people did similar to what it appears you did. They worked up through the ranks of Waffle House. Right. That's, we, that's a dying thing in, in this generation. So how have you kept and retained well, these employees? Well, first of all, first thing you need to know is something most people don't know, and that is Waffle House is employee-owned. Um, if I gave you a list of the Waffle House waitresses with over $100,000 in Waffle House stock, it would scare you. One of the last things I did before I retired as president, we had a gal who retired after 30 years of service. And she bought all the Waffle House stock that she could on a little payroll deduction plan, 5% of her W-2 earnings. And um, I, uh, she cashed in uh, at the end of 30 years. And I went up and gave her a check. I won't tell you the exact amount uh, because she wouldn't like that. But it was over half a million dollars. Uh, Waffle House waitress. And she never Christmas club, but she always kept the stock, cashed in that stock and stock options. and that's a pretty great retirement plan. So being employee owned is one great thing. Plus, we just have a culture of taking care of people. It's a tough business. And um, our senior leadership takes care of the people that work with us and we take care of each other. So that's why that's why folks stick. It's a great culture. Bert, I, I love that explanation and that, that example story. You mentioned something I really want the listeners to hear again, the Christmas club. You know, too often people take out of their retirement funds and they borrow from it, they do things. And, and, and this thing is the vehicle for you to retire independently wealthy. How important it is and how do you keep these employees? I mean, a waitress, you know, not, not making the best of wages in the world, but stays uh, connected into her investment and, and stays for the long haul. So she has something in the end. First of all, these say we call them salespeople, waitresses. We the, our salespeople make a ton of money. The gal that I was talking to you about that retired, um, she put two kids through college on her tips. So they make a, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. The the key is what you do with it. My daddy used to say it's not how much you make, but how much you keep. Um, so you know, people. Uh, some folks use these stock accounts as a savings account and they'll build it up during the year and then they'll use it to buy Christmas gifts, ergo Christmas club, or they take money out to buy a car or something like that. Um, the smart ones just let it, let it go and let it grow. And Waffle House, our return on investment is always very good. So if you let it grow, you will see that it, it, grow, it grows very well. 
I appreciate that explanation. Listeners, please understand how important it is to stay the course and investigate. That was a part of our show prep here, but that's something I, I, I dug out of what you were saying. Well, so we, we live, Brian, we live kind of in an instant gratification mode right now. And I don't know how we got there. I guess, heck, I guess I was like that when I was young too, but, but not for very long. Good coaching, good mentoring will get you out of that. Plus common sense uh, will tell you that if you spend it early, you won't have it later. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict? reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Yeah, and I, and I need to digress a little bit. I forgot. I mentioned your U.S. Army veteran, but thank you for your service. And uh, you, you come out from that, that second greatest generation, I'll say, because the, the greatest generation back in World War II. But to think about the, how frugal people were in, in, in times. And uh, one, of, one of my uh, wife's grandparents said, the best way to double your money is to fold it over and put it back in your pocket. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so just, I think we can have a little more of that, that le- those lessons. Well, let's let's continue on here about this this Waffle House, uh, just to the importance of it. First of all, let's have a little fun. How do you like your hash browns? Well, I like mine scattered, smothered, and peppered. Um, I have. I was talking with a friend today who likes them all the way. That scattered, smothered, peppered, chuck, dice top, peppered, cap, and country. But uh, I just like mine with onions and jalapenos. As a matter of fact, I had uh, I had lunch at a Waffle House today with my wife Kathy and. She likes her hash brown scattered crisp, scattered well, and I like mine scattered, smothered, and peppered. <laughs> I like mine smothered and covered. So you'll have to look up what that means if you're not familiar with Waffle House and, and the listeners there and, and understand that's just the way that they prepare their hash browns. It's amazing uh, how they serve people there at the Waffle House. So let's talk, you know, here we are. We just got through here in Florida with this Hurricane Ian uh, right. A lot of businesses shut down, a lot of tragedy, flooding, just all kind of catastrophes. And yet the Waffle House puts an emphasis on keeping stores open and serving the community. I heard this one time about the Waffle House Index and how they measure how severe a storm is based on how many Waffle Houses are open and what condition they're in. You kind of pulled the curtains back for me a little bit. And that's why I wanted to go into this a little longer than planned. Tell, tell our listeners why that's important, how you serve people in these times of need. Sure. Um, as I mentioned to you a little earlier, uh, our customers are so great to us in the good times. Uh, we're not going to turn tail and run away from them when the times are tough. So when a hurricane comes in, it's not a random response. <clears throat> when a hurricane comes in, we position people supplies and generators on the periphery of the hurricane path. And as soon as the hurricane comes in, we move on the ground to support the restaurants that can get open immediately. And we also fly in people and supplies to assess the damage, fix things that can be fixed quickly, um, determine if a restaurant can be open immediately, pretty soon, or 
uh, it's going to take a while. And then we respond accordingly. And it, it, there's a, there are a lot of pieces of that puzzle. Uh, food distribution, ice, uh, dry ice, uh, canned Cokes, because we don't have power in the restaurants for the Coke machines, um, uh, coffee uh, machines, those kinds of things. So it, it's, a, it's a pretty, pretty complicated process. Uh, I, we've done it so much that I, I think we make it look easy, but it's anything but easy. And it is a lot of hard work. I, I, um, I had, as I said, I had lunch at a Waffle House today and, and the maintenance man here in Pensacola just happened to be in the restaurant. And I asked him if he went to Southwest Florida and he said, oh yeah, I was down there. And he gave me an, an update on what was going on. And I said, he, he said, long days. I said, I remember them well. Um, you know, it's cold showers because there's, if, you, if there is water to take a shower in, if not, you got a gallon jug over your head, but cold showers and because uh, there, there's no power for the heater. And then uh, you basically sweat yourself to sleep because you lie down in a bed in a motel room that has no power and you have to leave the, the door open in the middle of summer. And it, it's just no fun. Uh, it's fun to talk about now, but when you're doing it, it's, it, it's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding work because people come in and there's no place else to eat. They don't have anything to eat. And they come in and we're happy to, to feed them. If they have money, we'll certainly take it. If they don't, we feed them anyway. That is awesome, number one. And, and I took my cold shower on Saturday afternoon. Our power, our power came back on Sunday afternoon. And that's a chilling experience. I mean, it really wakes you up to take that cold shower. Right. But then, then I went down a little south and helped a friend of mine tear out the drywall in his house where he was flooded. And I thought, you know what? A cold shower is no problem whatsoever. Right. It's all about right. perspective in these times when people come together and help each other. It's just amazing. And know that Waffle House is intentional about being prepared to, to get their stores up and running and, and, and feed the community. We have a meeting on, on or about May the 1st of every year. And we bring the senior leadership uh, teams in from operations, construction, uh, distribution, maintenance, uh, finance, because, you know, people have to get paid. Uh, if a hurricane, we, we generally pay on Thursday. If a hurricane hits on Monday, um, people need money on Thursday. So we, we figure out how to do that. But we spend a lot of time ahead of time organizing people so everybody knows uh, what their jobs are, when and if, and usually it's not if, it's usually when, in the case of uh, the Gulf Coast of Florida when a hurricane hits. Bird, I uh, love hearing you talk about that and the preparation for it. I'm going to tee you up because you and I have kind of already had this conversation pre-show, but you make a ton of money off all these people buying food during the storms, right? That's right. We lost $5 million when Katrina hit. Uh, we, we don't make any money and, and we don't try to make money. Um, you know, every mission has parameters and every mission has an absolute goal. Our goal is people first, make sure everybody's safe, take care of the customers, our good friends uh, in any way that they need. Uh, that's usually food. Sometimes, as I was telling you, those construction people, 
who come in and, and carry chainsaws with them, they go to customers' houses and, cl and clear driveways of debris. And certainly they, they help our associates clear driveways and, and hang tarps on, on leaky roofs and that kind of thing. So it's all about doing whatever you need to do to take care of the family. And you, you can run a business like a business, you can run it like a family, we run it like a family. Uh, and our associates and our customers are family. We do whatever we can to take care of. Costs a lot of money sometimes, that's okay. Well, I think you alluded to it earlier that, that when the good times are good and you're gonna support people in bad times, you've made that effort. What I realized when you told me this, it's a distinguishing characteristic because I don't see your competitors doing this. I don't see your competitors having restaurants open during storms. No, we're, we are all, we are always open the next day and sometimes with power, sometimes not, uh, sometimes generator power. Um, but we're, we're always open as quick as we can. And as I mentioned to you, we had CNN come in, um, and want to interview our people, <clears throat> which we were happy to do, uh, the first day. And then the second day they came back and we said, why don't you go interview somebody else? And they said, because nobody else is here. No other companies have responded. Nobody's open. Um, they're only random police. There's no national guard. Uh, you guys are the only folks boots on the ground. So can we talk to you again? I think we talked to them three straight days before they found anybody else to talk to, but that's okay. That's what we do. As I told you, our customers are great to us in the good times. We're not going to turn tail and, and run away uh, in the tough times. We're going to be there to help. Bert, it's, it's exciting to hear that, and it's inspiring to realize you're intentional about it. It, it, gets, it gets from the top down. People understand that commitment and the planning that goes into that, the, the intentionality to, for, to understand what it's going to take, the investment that it's going to take. Uh, just all those things that just exemplifies this leadership we're talking about. And so that'll conclude our, our first session for this podcast. So I want to thank you for listening to the podcast day. Stay tuned for part two of this podcast. We're going to have Bert back and we're going to dive into leadership and mentorship and understand why and how he supports the, the not only the Waffle House community, but others and goes into business and talks about mentorship and how important that is. I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. We're going to talk about his book too. So when you listen to the second episode, you'll understand how to get a copy of that book. He's got Find an Old Gorilla, and then he's got the mentorship book, High Impact Mentoring. You can find that at highimpactmentoring.com, but you're going to hear more about it in the next episode. Bert, any final conclusions for this episode? Well, let me just say, Brian, that we, we don't look at hurricane response is a job. We look at it as an obligation and a commitment to our customers. So those long days and those cold showers, um, that's just short term. The bond that we develop with our customers uh, in doing that is what really counts. Well, Bert, we thank you for that. And again, that's exemplifying leadership and exemplifying mentorship, which is what we're going to talk about in part two. Stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.